Harmonia, the ancient word for the union of melody and harmony and the music of the spheres. I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join me for the next hour as today's performers of medieval Renaissance and Baroque music bring to life the music of the distant past. Coming up, a continuation of the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra's commissions of new works inspired by the Brandenburg Concertos of J.S. Bach. Plus, American lutenist Ron McFarlane joins us to talk about his compositions, and the Dunedin Consort and Players are featured in a release of Bach's B Minor Mass. Let's take a quick look back in time, in the Harmonia time capsule. We spun the wheel and it landed on 1723, a year of news and a year to remember. The year was a favorable one for births. In 1723, Scottish economist and philosopher Adam Smith was born in Kirkcaldy, Scotland. The exact birth date remains unknown, but his baptism took place on June 16th. Among a number of things, Smith is known as the author of The Wealth of Nations. Another famous birth was that of Joshua Reynolds, an influential 18th century painter. Born July 16th in Plimpton, England, Reynolds was knighted during his lifetime and was known for his portraiture. In music, German composer Karl Friedrich Abel was born in Kurten, Germany in December of 1723. Abel is best remembered as the last great viola da gambist and good friend of Johann Christian Bach, with whom he founded a popular music series in London known as the Bach-Abel Concerts. In royal news from 1723, Charles VI and his wife were crowned King and Queen of Bohemia in Prague. As part of the festivities, the specially commissioned opera Costanza e Fortezza, Constancy and Fortitude, was performed outdoors to great acclaim. The then young German flutist composer and author J.J. Quantz played in the orchestra and described the opera as requiring 100 singers and 200 instrumentalists. This has been a glimpse back in time to the year 1723. I'm Angela Mariani. More about Sir Joshua Reynolds and other people, events, and music mentioned in this time capsule can be found in Harmonia's online shop at harmoniaearlymusic.org slash shop.
The Orpheus Chamber Orchestra recently commissioned six modern composers to write new works inspired by Bach's Brandenburg Concertos. This is the second of three programs devoted to exploring the new compositions alongside the original inspirations. In Part 1, we featured composers Aaron J. Kernis and Christopher Theophanidis. Now we look at Stephen Hartke's A Brandenburg Autumn and Brandenburg Gate by Paul Moravich. Stephen Hartke's composition was based on Brandenburg Concerto No. 1 in F major, originally scored for piccolo, violin, oboes, French horns, strings, and continuo. Entitled A Brandenburg Autumn, Hartke's own scoring is relatively the same, yet he drew from his own experiences of having visited the German region connected to the Brandenburgs. Hartke refers to this in this statement about his work, quote, it's an autumnal, valedictory sort of piece, and it has turned out to be very much about my strolling through the parks of Potsdam, the capital of Brandenburg, in fact, and the many Hohenzollern palaces and other buildings there." End quote. We'll hear an excerpt from Bach's work first, and then the composition by Hartke. <laughs> Thank you. 
Music of Stephen Hartke, inspired by Johann Sebastian Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 1. The first movement to a Brandenburg autumn was performed by the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, recorded live and produced by WQXR, New York Public Radio. Before that, we heard the new London consort perform the third movement to Bach's first Brandenburg. Philip Pickett directed. You can become a fan of Harmonia Early Music on Facebook or follow our updates all week long on Twitter. Just search for Harmonia. Welcome back. We're exploring the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra's commission of new works based on the Brandenburg Concertos of J.S. Bach. Like Stephen Hartke's piece, composer Paul Moravich was not only inspired by Bach's original, but by modern Germany as well. As the title suggests, Brandenburg Gate was a tribute to the German monument and a reference to the Berlin Wall. Moravich says, quote, the Brandenburg Concertos are among Bach's most joyous creations. As part of the new Brandenburg series, I wanted to project a similar quality of convivial energy. The title, Brandenburg Gate, suggests a portal through which we enter Bach's world of exuberant invention. It also refers to the actual monument in Berlin. End quote. Once again, we'll hear the Bach original first, then Brandenburg Gate. Thank you. 
Music of Paul Moravich, inspired by Johann Sebastian Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 2. The third movement to Brandenburg Gate was performed by the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra, recorded live and produced by WQXR, New York Public Radio. Before that, we heard the European Brandenburg Ensemble in the first movement of Bach's second Brandenburg, under the direction of Trevor Pinnock. You're listening to Harmonia, a program of early music that comes to you from the studios of WFIU at Indiana University. Partial support for Harmonia comes from Penco Incorporated of Bedford, Indiana. Partial support also comes from Early Music America, celebrating 25 years of service to the field of early music, on the web at earlymusic.org. I'm Angela Mariani. Welcome back to Harmonia. We've been exploring modern compositions based on Bach's Brandenburg concertos. Now we move on to American lutenist and composer Ron McFarlane. Modern composers have many inspirations for the pieces they produce, the reasons being as varied as the works themselves. For lutenist Ron McFarlane, the inspiration is more often than not based on life experiences. 
He's recorded his compositions on a couple of CDs for the Dorian label, Indigo Road, and more recently, One Morning. Initially, Ron started composing after hearing a story a friend told him on a long road trip. He came by the Harmonia Studios and told me the story of that road trip and what exactly inspired him to start composing. And he told me a story about the famous pianist Yevgeny Kissin, who had written, or I should say improvised, any number of um, vignettes, musical vignettes, describing events that had happened in his family, describing in music the character of his uncle, of his mother, various various people, and anyone who heard these compositions immediately knew what he was playing about. I was just delighted to hear about that, and it made me think of pianists in the 19th century, where the, the composer and the performer were one and the same, and that's the case with old lute players back in the 16th and 17th centuries as well. But he decided at one point that he would, as the Bible says, put away childish things and devote himself to the classical piano literature, which of course is a, a huge, glorious repertory. I can understand him wanting to do that. But at the same time, I felt sorry that I would never hear these little pieces that he wrote. I wanted to hear what he had to say, what he had to play, however modest. And I think it was at that moment when Chris told me that story that I thought, well, gosh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write my own pieces, and maybe they won't be very good, but I wanted to do something. It was that combined with the fact that no one had written much for the lute in the last 200 years. The lute kind of fell out of style. It wasn't cool anymore by the end of the 18th century. And for some reason, I just felt the desire to add to the repertory. I'd been playing the lute for a good 20 years by that time. And even though there's more than a lifetime's worth of music to devote yourself to, more than 40,000 pieces survive, I still wanted to give it something. And my respect and love for, for the instrument had evolved over those, 40 year, those 20 years. Feels like 40 years now. <laughs> but I felt that it was eloquent in more than just medieval Renaissance and Baroque styles. I felt that it could express music in a wide variety of modern styles as well. So that became kind of my mission, to show what a rainbow of, of qualities the lute has, the instrument has, and how it can be the vehicle for any number of musical languages of our modern time. <laughs>
compositions by Ron McFarlane. One Morning, Lullaby for Anne, and Before the Wind were performed by Ron McFarlane and Earhart from their Dorian label recording of original works by McFarlane. Hundreds of archived episodes, videos, podcasts, and much more can be found online at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Our featured release is a new recording of J.S. Bach's B Minor Mass with the Dunedin Consort and Players. Released on the Lynn record label, harpsichordist John Butt leads an ensemble of soloists, choir, and orchestra in one of the composer's monumental works.
Music from J.S. Bach's B Minor Mass. John Butt directed the Dunedin Consort and Players in a featured Lynn label release. Want to expand your own early music collection? Each week we review recordings new and old on the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at harmoniaearlymusic.org. Support for Harmonia is made possible in part by the Crystal DeHaan Family Foundation, serving organizations in central Indiana and recognizing the children and families of Crystal House International. Much of the music you hear on Harmonia, as well as books and early music gift items, are available online at harmoniaearlymusic.org shop. Items purchased through links on our website also support the production of this program. The writer for this edition of Harmonia was Bernard Gordillo. Thanks to our studio engineer Mike Pashkash and our staff, Carrie Boyce, David Wood, Luann Johnson, and Scott Witzke. Additional technical support comes from KOHM at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. And a special thanks to the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra and WQXR, New York Public Radio. Listeners who enjoy Harmonia may also enjoy WFIU's Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz Podcast, available for download at WFIU.org with a click on the podcast button. Harmonia is a production of WFIU and part of the educational mission of Indiana University. Christina Kuzmich is our executive producer, and I'm Angela Mariani, inviting you to join us again for the next edition of Harmonia. Harmonia.